Hi and welcome to the Andy Gorman Golf One podcast and I'm here with Gareth Shaw again and you can see Gareth is just still hanging around in Abu Dhabi um, but uh, it is the backdrop um, just in case you're wondering why he hasn't got a suntan having been there for a week um, but ultimately yeah we're here to share tour talk we've got the start of the European season in Abu Dhabi, talking about the great win from Till Hatton and um, Angry Golfers. Just check that one out. Check the link below. And, um, you know, PGA Tour, why is Tony Finau still struggling to get over the line? And, um, and of course, Jessica Corder, the LPGA, things that are going on out there. So uh, we've also got one eye. We've got one eye looking towards, um, very much towards the PGA show, which is this week. Uh, in a slightly different format we'll share that in the very end um, but again that will give us a link into next week so hope you enjoy the show thanks for watching and listening and if you want to help us out with anything going forward feel free to drop us a line and we'll get to your question through the show and we can answer what it is that you'd like to know so if there's any topics about golf feel free we're there to help we'll catch up soon Hi, Gareth. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. And I'd rather be behind me in that lovely scenery and that vista. Uh, well, I see. I have been behind you, exactly where that, that clubhouse is. Um, it's very impressive. The course is is spectacular. I mean, it's, it, it's superb. Um, great, great facility all around. The hotel's awesome. You know, it, 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 it's perfect for golf. I mean, it really is. You know, the weather conditions and everything else. I mean, I'll, it's going to get a little bit warmer as you go into sort of April, May time, but um, obviously into the summer. But uh, yeah, for this time of the year, it's just an incredible place to be. And what a phenomenal tournament. Um, had the mix right the way through the through the weekend, didn't it? You know, I mean, it, uh, for me, I think, you know, it's good to see, you know, the feature groups as we'd expect them to be, you know, sort of Westwood was playing well, you know, early doors and, you know, but he had, he had a bit of lefts going on on the second day, um, you know, struggling to get through the ball. I don't know if he was carrying an injury or, you know, or what, but, um, you know, and then Rory just couldn't seem to keep his new driver on the fairway. Um, the, the three wood, I noticed Rory switched to mm. a three wood as well, and he couldn't keep that on the planet either, could he? Absolutely. I, you know, I've, I think there's, you know, there's some pretty peculiar things going on, really. You, you know, and to some degree, I mean, it did, kind of turned me off the you know watching it you know live um because i didn't see that much great golf just it's not entirely true you see it in fits and starts i didn't see anybody sort of ripping it up i know there was a bit of breeze around us there is that kind of you know that kind of resort you know there's there's oftentimes a good bit of breeze that comes across the deserts so um you know and i don't know if you saw any of the sort of wide angle stuff you know, and literally you just see this little pocket of oasis of, of green inside the desert. It's uh, it's quite spectacular. But um, yeah, it, you know, the conditions were tough and, you know, the players played it well, you know, but there's, you know, Tommy Fleetwood obviously took a little while to get going. So the, what was it, 10, 11 holes? Mm. You know, he was just completely lost, you know, um, you know, I'm kind of asking the questions, you know, 
is it the new equipment? And, you know, it actually wasn't the new equipment because he's been playing it for a while. Um, but an agreed equipment deal. So, you know, he hasn't got the cushion of being able to go elsewhere and look for something if he didn't, if it wasn't working. He's now, you know, a Taylor May player. Um, you know, but of course, you know, he, he blistering second day. I mean, just went out there and I think he had nine, nine birdies in 26 holes or something like that, which is pretty impressive golf. So, um, you know, I thought he was going to be, you know, the, the man on the, on the mission, really. Um, but there was somebody else who was on the mission. My word, Till Hatton. Uh, what an incredible week's golf, you know, steady start, you know, played his way nicely into, into contention and just relentless. You know, he, he's turning into quite a special player. Um, well, is it with him, Andy? Is it, the, is it just the consistency of he's just he's always there or thereabouts, near the, like the kind of top five, top three, and he kind of just kind of gets on little runs? What what makes him that kind of contender and that special person to be able to win tournaments? Um, you, you know, it's it's kind of a you know, I remember watching him in the early stages of or earlier stages of his career when I first went out on the European tour and watching him and there was something about him that just was endearing. You know, he could see the little frustration in him, you know, uh, we'll come back to that <laughs> in the row. Um, you could see that he got into, and I think he just beat himself up a bit much. And, you know, he got himself into contention, he had a bad shot, lose it. Saw that at the PGA, you know, missed a short putt. I remember, I remember him losing it a little bit and, you know, but he's now got the ability to be able to snap himself out of the tantrum and into, you know, just an incredible run of, you know, sort of getting it right, birdies and, you know, pars on, on the tough holes. And I think it's, you know, he's maturing, you know, that that's the bottom line. He's maturing as a, as a man, as an individual, as a golfer. And um, he's a man for, the, the big tournaments. I mean, four Rolex events now, obviously John Rahm's the only other player to have done that. Um, but four Rolex events, is uh, that shows you that the guy has got some serious metal, he's serious about the Ryder Cup. He's won in the States, no small event either, obviously winning the uh, Arnold Palmer invitation. Uh, and you would expect him to, to just bag a major at some point. He's my, he's my tip this year for the Open, you know. I know it's a bold statement this early on, but I think he'll win the mm -hmm. Open. I'd love to see him win the Open. I don't, you know, he's the type of guy that... He, the thing I like about him is there's no fluff. You know, there's no... You know, he's not got pretty swing. You know, he's got, he's got a very functional, very practical action. He doesn't look like he's about to change anything anytime soon, you know, in the search of the perfect swing, as so many players do. He, he doesn't have too many faults, you know, in terms of where it can go wrong. He just seems a very, very solid player. And I think if he continues the mindset of, I'm just going to be a very solid player and work as hard as he does, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's going to get there and say, you know what, can't be bothered, you know, going to have six months off. He's desperate to play. And, uh, you know, the fact that he played, you know, as much as he could through a wrist injury, you know, sort of 15 months ago, I told you everything. And then he starts winning. He's winning tournaments with a wrist injury, and he's about to go to have surgery. And he comes back and wins, 
you know, again, and he just got quite, you know, this this guy, one, he's got a good surgeon, obviously, but, you know, he's, um, he, yeah, he's, he's just got something a little bit special. I think we would call it the X factor. Um, and, you know, I, yeah, I think he's got a good season ahead of him. And I think he'll be a major player in the tournaments, in the in the championships. And I think you know where we where we, you know, it's very difficult to not want to try a little bit harder when it comes to the championships with the majors. And you know, but he, he can play the big events and he can win comfortably as well. And that's the thing, you know, I'd love him to get a good run at, at the Masters. And you know, has he got a game for U.S. Open? You know, Bryce drives the ball well, he, he does drive it well. Drives it very nicely, and um, you know he's clearly very comfortable with his equipment deal. And you, you know he's just signed a new deal there. And you know, I think I think it's great to see. And you know, and he, he's he's now become the top Brit in the world rankings over his jump um Rory, which is just kind of kind of. Who'd have thought that Tyrrell Hatton would have been the number one Brit at this point in time? And, you know, with Rory being so close to, you know, to, to the top or the top hang, handful of players, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, Rory's hanging on to a top 10 position at the minute. Do you think uh, he's that kind of player, though, that until he wins a major, he won't be put in the same circle as the Rory's, the Rams? He thought about for winning tournaments. He's almost in the same circle, I think, as like Tommy Fleetwood, the kind of guys who are a little bit understated. They don't really put themselves out there. They just get on with the business. I think so. I think PGA Tour does add value to a player's stock. And, um, you know, John Rahm has, has won some big events, as we know. And, um, you know, the, the bit that I struggle with is I think every bit of player you know, Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, John Rahm, they're every bit as good, they're all different, but they're every bit as good as each other, but none of them have got a major yet. So, you know, it's a little bit like if we were comparing them to a Premier League football side, they're not a Liverpool, they're not a Man United, they're not a Man City. Stoke. <laughs> it's a Premier League. Um, so, so um, but they're not Stoke. Um either so you know they're not scratching around trying to keep a card um so you know joking aside uh <laughs> stoke <laughs> anyway um for those of you that don't know stoke is a little pottery town in the sort of northern midlands area of the uk it's about as big as stoke has ever got to be fair it's a little pottery town anyway um Gareth's just cut me off. Um, so, so essentially, um, you know, until the players start to win the majors, until they, you know, start to contend significantly uh, and become labelled as the best player that's not won a major yet, um, you know, you've. I mean, look, even you know, is Lee Westwood still in that category of the Tommy Fleetwoods? I don't think you can say that, but, you know, I would say that he's, you know, Lee Westwood's probably a, a, an Arsenal stroke Tottenham, if we're looking at Premier League, but they haven't won the Champions League. They haven't won the, you know, the, the biggest, you know, and of course Tottenham's not won the Premier League either, but 
and neither did Liverpool up until last year. So anyway, we'll keep quiet about that. Um, but the, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, we know what greatness is and we know who the greats are because they're great and they win majors and they win them early in their career. Um, but then greatness can disappear, you know, so, you know, great at one point in time, you know, doesn't mean that you're great forever. You know, Rory was great, four major championships before he was 25. He hasn't won one since, was it 2014? Yeah, it's a long time ago. You know, we're going into seven years, you know, it'll be seven years in July since he's won a major if he doesn't win anything between now and then. And that is a long time. And it means that, you know, he's got more and more pressure on him. He's forgotten how to win majors. You know, yes, Tiger had a long gap between his last one and his next one, which was coincidentally just under seven years. But at the same token, um, actually, no, it wasn't. It was 11 years, wasn't it? Um, but at the same token, Tiger had won 14 of them. You know, he knew how to win majors and you know how to win them well and you know and and to feature in a, a good bunch as well you know Rory hasn't Rory, you know Rory either doesn't contend because he blows himself out the first day or he just doesn't contend you know I mean it just it's just not there you know so yeah it's a, it's, it's it's a I'd like to see Tyrrell getting up there I'd like to see Tommy getting up there and again John Rahm getting up there I think they are more than capable players and I think they they will you know, win. They certainly have the potential to win. Who will do know? it first, though, Andy? Who will do it? Who? How to those three? Who's going to win the major first? My heart says Tyrrell. Mm -hmm. My head says Ram. And the Spot reason on. why for that is because Ram plays three of the majors in his backyard. Um, you know, being a full-time PGA Tour player. Tyrrell, you know, potentially, you know, I think he's, he has more metal, I think, down the line. Um, and I think that that's, you know, because he's, show, he's showing it in the bigger events that he's featuring in. So so I think potentially he, he has it on the line. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who, who of those three will get over the line first. I think we're all US Open. I think you've run US Open at Tory Pines this year. He's won there before. He's won the Farmers Insurance there. I think he's a good shout for Tory. I think so. Um, and, you know, I think we're going to look at the US Open differently. I think the US PGA are going to look at the US Open differently this year with regards to what they can do to it to make it bomber-proof. Um, and if they don't do much with it, then I think you'll see more players just going out there ripping the driver at it. And I think to some degree that would be quite interesting to see. Um, you know, I mean, they tried it at, where was the place that uh, Kepka, did Kepka win it? Yeah. Kepka. Aaron Hills. Aaron that's Hills or Beth Page Black. No, the, well, Beth Page as well, but, you know, because that's just brutally long, you know, but to have, you know, sort of rough up here, um, you know, and yet still the bomber went out there and, you know, smoked it around the course. So, you know, it's kind of, but again, Erin Hills, a totally different golf course if there's no crowd to find the ball for you. I think that's where the big problem lies, you know, to be honest with you. You know, you take the crowd away from the opportunity to go and find the golf ball 
and um yeah yeah you know that's 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 what you're up against no I noticed crowd. this week the boys had some thicker lies, didn't they? Because there was no crowd there. So they were no hitting top the planet. Yeah. There's no trampling down. They're having some more gouge it out. Absolutely. And um, and I think that that's, you know, I like the fact that, you, you know, like in the desert, you've got the waste areas because there are times where you've got to knock it out sideways. You know, you, you, and it, you can, the risk reward of trying to do the miraculous becomes more significantly challenging so there's a lot of things that you can do with a golf course that you know ultimately these you know the championship um committees have got to start to look at and go right let's do something a bit different you know and uh, and be brave be risky you know like they did at um oh crikey the course that chambers bay you know putting some tees on slopes oh, i'm saying that i'm a huge fan of that but you know they're prepared to mix it up a bit it's just that it's such a pity that the greens were awful that really weird. Do you remember Darren Clark? You're like, I think he three putted from about four foot, I think, or something crazy. And well, I mean, Justin, um, Justin Johnson had a chance to win it, didn't he? When three putted, not didn't even make it in the playoff. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, and we know they like to speed them up and get them silly. But you know, you've got to also have surfaces to put on them, I mean, and and that's just. You know, that transitional period of a new golf course that's now going through its natural grass overtake, you know, and they weren't ready for it. And, um, you know, it's a, a shame. Um, we were talking then, about that this week at the Abu Dhabi about the greens because they've been in situ for a while. They've been rolling a little bit different. They've got salty a break. What were your thoughts when you played it? Um, it was really easy to put on. I mean, there's a little bit of grain, a little bit of a little bit of grain in there, and they weren't quite. We we were out there just before Christmas, um, two years ago, and um, you know, rolling the ball on the greens was was great because because we you know we're not used to good greens in December, um, you know. So being out there the week before Christmas, and then they so they weren't super quick. They weren't you know. But don't get me wrong, they weren't slow either. They were running at about eleven. Um, and they're easy to see the slopes they're easy okay you know find it difficult you know when when the players are out there what are you not looking for you know or what are you looking for the subtle breaks you know this is where you can't things you can't see you've got to feel you know we talk about this you know talk about it on live you know on friday you know the value the value of aim point you know how good aim point is because you're not looking for it you're feeling it you know, that's the bit that, you know, I really struggle with the fact that, you know, we're, we, you know, we, we, we think we've got to see it all the time. I mean, actually, you've got to feel it. And Justin Rose really was doing that as well, wasn't he? Justin was doing it on the, the piece with I saw, Phil I saw Kenyon. that with um, mm. Phil and, yeah, uh, there's a great video clip that, you know, if anybody's looking for it on the European tour, um, you know, reels, and then have a look there because, you know, an insight as to how, you know, a player works with his coach and what they're looking for. And, you know, I don't think there's anything, you know, unusual about what they did. Um, you know, owning the process and, you know, sort of going through everything and how they're feeling the slopes and, you know, that putting green as well. I mean, it's a phenomenal putting green. It's huge, enormous. Um, you almost can't hit the ball from one end to the other. It's that big a green. But the... Uh, you know, it's it's a 
it, it has the most incredible breaks on it, you know, and you, we, we practiced on it at night, you know, I mean, we were staying in the resort, which was phenomenal and just have a little wonder down, you know, it's 24 degrees, and, you know, in December down in your shorts and, you know, flip flops and <laughs> just, I think I'll just stand there and, you know, kick your flip flops off and feel the, feel your feet on the green. It's just, you know, and get an idea of the slopes and, you know, and, and the like. Um, a different experience, but it's something I think, you know, viewers, you know, should be mindful of that, you know, why not? Just if you get the opportunity to sort of have that interaction with the ground and, you know, sort of get a feel for it. I'm not suggesting you go and hit 300 yard drives with barefoot because that'll hurt your toes, to be honest with you. But, you know, certainly some of the shots around the greens, it's great. It's great fun. What were your thoughts on the PJ Tour this week at the, the American Express? Well, it's an interesting venue, isn't it? But, um, you, you know, and some of the bunker shots that you get with, you know, sort of 20 foot elevations. Um, you know, I know you asked the question the other day, you know, how would you play it? Well, open the club face and swing as hard as you can. You know, it's it don't push your foot around with it. You've got to give it a good old rip. So you know, for me, yeah, you get offline there, and you're likely to miss. Well, you've got the rocks, you've got you know water, you've got you know canyon-sized bunkers, and yet Si Young Kim has no bogeys in 72 holes. I mean, just what I mean deserves to win it with that spectacular. Was it 25 under? Um, 23 um, under, 23 under, 23 under, under. Um, just incredible. And, you know, eight under last round, you know, so clearly he's rolling his rock, um, you know, but it looked like a lot of people were rolling the rock, to be fair. It looked like the greens were super pure that, you know, players were um, knocking in putts for fun, unless your name's Tony Fina. Cause I don't know what's going on. Well, I do know what's going on there, but, you know, I mean, he's not asking me. So, you know, it's not really fair for me to make their judgments. But, you know, it's just like, he's a guy who gets himself into contention and would appear to, it's a little bit like Lee Westwood, though, gets into contention. You know, Tony Fina doesn't know how to win. Now, that's not entirely fair because he does know how to win if you look at his history. But that's it is fair because, actually, he doesn't know how to win on the PGA Tour. He's won once. Um is it once? It is once, isn't it? Yeah. Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. I knew he'd won Puerto Rico. I wasn't sure if he got another one, bagged another one. But he's just not. He's he's not figured out winning. And for somebody who um, appears to go a little gung ho, you know, gets his driver out, gives it a good old rip, but then he backed off all of his drives. He's only just started to give it a good rip again now. It's almost as if, well, I can hit it three hundred and sixty yards, so I'm going to oh, three hundred and ten's good. Well, of course it is if you only hit it 280, 310 is phenomenal. But, you know, if you can hit 360, take advantage. And he's, he's, he's kind of almost like, here's my advantage, but I'm going to dial that advantage back and sort of, you know, play three woods or dial back the driver. And then he misses a fairway, you know, and he's got you know, six iron in hand instead of missing the fairway with the wedge in hand. And we know that, you know, statistically, the shorter the club from the, wet, from the rough is going to be better. Try if you miss the if you don't miss the fairway and you hit it 310, you're in the fairway and you're going in with a you know six seven eight iron these guys are are good with those clubs but he's clearly got some weaknesses on and around the greens he just doesn't have the skill um 
he doesn't. He definitely doesn't have the skill. He doesn't have that. That you know, he's he's using a club that clearly Ping didn't want to make, um, which is why he's been excused. Because generally speaking, Ping staff players have to use a Ping putter. So you know, I can only assume he's been excused because they don't want to go down that route. Um, and you know, I wouldn't want him to go down that route if he was my player. I would want him completely away from that unlock process. Um, you know, because it's not conducive to to body good body movement, and and with good body with good body movement comes good posture, and he's got poor posture. He's got poor posture because he's, you know, he's bending over. He's a tall fellow. He's challenged, but you know that's the problem. You know, if you get, we've got to get past the challenge, fit him to a putter that works for him. You know, get him to stand up to it. Is all his other clubs fit? So why 34 he... inches his putter is Andy had a look at it 34 inches so has he gone but he's not using arm lock at the minute no he's just he's using that kind of semi-claw bit like Tommy does right so he's playing around with stuff and not fixing the problem so 6 foot 5 is he something like that 6 foot 4 6 foot 5 I mean using a 34 inch putter I mean hello I mean come on please you know he wouldn't put size 7 shoes on would he size 13 boots it needs um, and that's what it's he's very doing. crouched so. over. It looks very over. Well, he's got to be. He's got nowhere else to go, has he? He can't get to the get his hands on the club if he doesn't crouch over it. You know, I mean, he couldn't even get a thirty-four inch putter. I bet he's. I bet his arm to ground, his hand to ground is is 35, 36 inches. Just because you know he'll have a long arm. He's got massively long levers, but he's so tall. So you know, he's he's and if and then you've got the practice time. You can't. Because you know his posture's going to cripple his back, so all these nuances, all these little bits that will affect him ultimately, are going to um, well, they are coming back and biting him in the ass. So you know, I, yeah, I just I just struggle with the fact that you know there's there's an answer out there. Maybe it's your job to get in touch with him. I'll reach out to Mr. Fee and I will we'll tag him in this podcast. But what, what does it take, Andy? That's what I always wonder with these players. Do they go and search for answers? Do they just go to the person that's on the potting green week in, week out for the answers? I think they are a little bit closeted. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, they are. They're closeted. They're, they're protected to some degree. Um, even the manufacturers aren't going to recommend a coach. Um you know, because they don't think, feel that it's the it's the right thing to do. Um, you, you know that. Remember that equipment is their beef. So um, the 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 problem the problem at all times is that there's a load of you know. Let's just say that there's a dozen people like me who says that they've got the answer. You know, there's probably fifty golfers like me or golf pros like me. Um, they say they've got the answer. I mean. Let's just say that we went for an audition, all 50 of us sat in front of a, you know, a select committee. You know, what would you do? Well, you get 50 different, well, you might get 49 different answers. Uh, you know, you might get two different answers, 49 saying one thing and one being different. Well, are you going to take the one that's different or the other 49, any one of the 49? Well, for me, you know, it's quite a straightforward thing. If the one being different is different and all the others have done what I've been doing before, then you give the one who's different a chance, wouldn't you? But you don't do selection like that. Oh, well, you know, maybe that's the way it should be done. You know, you put yourself forward. There's a job interview. I'm looking for a new putting coach. But we don't advertise that either. You know, we go along stealthily kind of like looking for this coach. 
Whereas we don't get ourselves the opportunity to then go and put our CV or a resume together and say, look, you know, this is what I can do to help you. This is what I would do to help you. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's a challenge, you know, and, and it's a little bit like knocking on the door saying to the guy, I think you're a bit of a nutter. And, you know, well, who are you? I'm a psychiatrist. <laughs> is he going to take you seriously if he doesn't think he's a nutter himself? Of course he isn't. Does he want to listen to somebody who says, I've got the solution for your putting, mate? I haven't got a problem. You know, if he's in denial, he hasn't got a problem. You know, and even players, we know players complain week in, week out and don't do anything about it. That winds me up even more. You know, I'm really, really, really struggling with my putter. Whoa, 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 hold on a minute. Don't complain about your putting. You're working on it. You're in the process. You know, I've seen it many, many times. Players complaining, and yet they've taken no steps to improve it. Don't complain with your putter. Don't complain when your putting's giving you shit. If you haven't done anything about it, that's, you know, that's the Einstein principle of insanity, isn't it? You know, expecting something different to happen by doing the same thing. Is that why the quick fix is just put another putter in the bag and mask over the problem? Yeah, it is. Yeah, very much so. They're looking for an answer, and it will work for a couple of days, maybe. Maybe not, but it will work for a couple of days. May work for a week. Yeah, I mean, how many times, how many different putters did Jim Furyk win with? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like every single tournament he had, that he won, he had a different putter in the bag because they're, they're short-term solutions. And they're only short-term solutions because they haven't fixed the fault. The fault is not being addressed, you know? I mean, crikey. I thought I'd seen every variation of the putting stroke until the other day when I saw a variation on a theme that is beyond all sorts of what we, the pinky grip. I mean, well yeah, done, Andy. Yeah. I forgot about that. I completely forgot about that. I mean, it was like, what? You know, I thought it was, I thought I was watching the, 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 the um, pro am and I thought it was, you know, Bill Murray doing something. You know, it's the type of thing that he would do, you know, and you know, watching this guy, what's his name, Russell? So, um, so uh, you know, I mean, I, he's bent over, he's got the putter down about a foot, he's, his finger down about a foot from the end, um, you know, of the club head. And, you know, he's got his hand, little pinky on the, and then, I mean, at least he missed it. Uh, and you think he missed it left as well. So, um Mark Hubbard, Andy, the guy's name is. Hubbard. Mark Hubbard. Right, that's it, yeah. So, um, I mean, just, I, again, if we can get a link, we'll, we will do, but, you know, it's not always I will easy. Put it, I will uh, put it over the video when you're chatting. Yeah, if we, get a, if we get an opportunity to put the, put the video out there, we will do, but obviously the license, so there are licensing rights. But, you know, that's just, you know, what, what are you doing? <laughs> But again, it's not fixing the problem. The problem is not down to how you hold it. Your hands are not active because of a poor grip. They're active because of poor posture. At some point, you know, folk are going to get it. Or will they? <laughs> if my, my stuff is being censored, then you ain't going to get it. You know, what are we going to do to overcome the censorship, eh? What are we going to do to make... You sound angry, Andy. I think you need a, a puppy part of the European. I don't tour. need a puppy. I do not need any anger management. <laughs> <laughs> In case you're wondering why we've just gone off on a bit of a tangent, 
Um, Tyrrell Hatton's joined a group called the Angry Golfer Group. He's not on his own, but we're going to put a link to a video, which is priceless. Um, it's a good chuckle. Um, it's been well put together. The European Tour put a few kind of like quirky videos together over the last couple of years. Um, Tommy Fleetwood does a brilliant job as kind of chairing the group. Um, it's called Angry Golfers. Uh, you know, we'll put a link on the, on the um, uh, you know, down below. Have a look at it. Have a chuckle. Um, you might even resonate. Um, and of course, every time you feel that you're a little bit glum, Give us a thumb. All right. So, you know, you've got to feel good when you, you know, you've got the thumbs just there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, we, we've had a bit of a laugh about it this morning. Um, it, it's great. It, you know, and have a look at it. It's, it's, it's how would you well keep a straight it. face? Honestly, how is Tommy, how does Stenson and Poulter, how do they all keep a straight face? It's absolutely brilliant. Well, they are comedians in their own rights. I mean, they are funny folk. To be fair, giving them half a, top, a half a chance, then they're going to go for it, um, and it, it gives them something different to go at. Look, I don't think for one stretch of imagination that this is a one-take um, video. Um, I would imagine there was some kicking and screaming that went on, you know, around it all, because you're going to read the script and go, like, "I can't say that," or you know, "I can't do that," or you start doing it and you just burst out laughing because you will do. But it is. Um, you know, it's they've they've done a really good job of it, and um, yeah, it's it's good to see that you know in the difficulties of um, and the challenges that that are that are going on out there, and it's you know they're back in a bubble. A lot of the players spent time away from the bubbles last year, you know, but couldn't stay away forever. They had to come back. Some struggle with that, you know. With, Beef Johnson was talking about it initially and he kind of had to come over the, you know, get out of it. And, you know, um, it's very difficult when you're isolating. Um, isolation is one of the most punishing uh, of, of all sort of disciplines, really. And, it, you know, it's extremely difficult where we are right now. And so these guys are isolating in their rooms. Um, so the opportunity to be able to sit in a room and sort of chat shit about being angry and have a bit of a laugh, um, you know, even if it did take them 20 takes to do it, you know, it, whatever, you know, they they would come out the other side of that. And, you know, who knows that at the end of the day, there wasn't an element of it helped them as well. Um, you know, and it, I, I think it's great. I think it really is. It's refreshing. It's good good to see. And I think the guys have, have embraced it quite nicely. So, um, yeah, well done to them, really. So. On to, do, um, on to Dubai next week for the European Tour and then American. I know, it's just, it, yeah, it's crazy. another great golf course. You know, again, of course, it's going to play tricky because it'll be, you know, it looks like there's a bit of wind in the area. I don't know what the forecast is. Sunshine, I would think, mm -hmm. <laughs> on the desert. Um, but it's, um, yeah, there's, uh, you know, quite, quite intense. I mean, we're talking, you know, I was talking about this over the weekend with, with Becky and, you know, a few other folk as well and conversations you know, the guys are going out there and they're playing. You think it's all great. You know, they're out in the sun and everything else. They're having these tests done, you know, sort of three tests to get out to Abu Dhabi. It'll be another couple of tests probably, you know, to um, to go and play, in, you know, literally just down the road. I mean, it is literally a highway drive down the road. They won't be jumping on the plane. It's only about an hour away. Um, maybe a couple of hours from where they are in Abu Dhabi out to... Um, 
uh, out to Dubai. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they're just not going to let that border open up without having some kind of swab test in there. And, you know, so the players and the coaches and the caddies and the, you know, sort of tournament staff are all having to go through quite a rigorous ritual of, you know, sort of testing to be able to get out and, and do their job. So it is, you know, yeah, they're playing for big money. Yeah, they're playing golf in the sun, but they're, you know, they're, they're going through an awful lot to be able to do that. And that's, that's going, that's wearing, it's hard work, it's hard work on the mind, um, you know, and you're doing a lot of traveling as well at this point in time, albeit they'll be in the, the swing for a little while. I think they do Saudi after that, do they? Um, you know, so they've got the, the desert swing, you know, but that'll be jumping on the plane, you know, so they'll be going through some more rigorous tests and stuff that, you know, so, and players will, will drop out, you know, because they'll have to drop out because of, you know, again, they're isolating. What's happening to tennis? You know, Australian Open, the guys are still in their rooms. You know, they've been there a week. And because one or two people on a plane tested positive, you know, that their whole preparation has been completely disrupted, you know, and as much as the hotels are very nice when you get to some of these places and, you know, yeah, you just stir crazy if you... You know, tennis players can actually knock balls against the patio window, you know, and not knock it through. Golfers can't. <laughs> so, you know, it's, um, yeah, it'd be, be tough to, to sort of go through some of the things that they're going through. But, um, um, on to, ladies tour started as well this this week. Um, yeah, LPGA. They're, they're tour, they're kind of tour championship. They're yeah. The start and, of the season. Um, you know, sort of, was it Jessica Corder? Jessica Corder, yeah. So I get the two sisters mixed up. I was about to say Nelly, but it wasn't. It was Jessica, wasn't it? 60 in the third round. I mean, how impressive is that? In, in, in a pro-am format as well, you know, which is kind of just... I didn't understand why they were playing a pro-am format, given the current regulations and everything, why it was okay there and not in the, in the desert of, um, you know, the West Coast kind of weird but still um but yeah what a terrific golf it's um i mean 60 <laughs> not what you won by in the end but there's um, a playoff there's a playoff with daniel kang it was that's, yeah. that's right well yeah because it looked like daniel kang was just gonna run away with it and then you know jessica just got like foot down and you know right up on the tail didn't she so um yeah that but 60 what is it five players now that have shot 60 on the lpga yeah. so um yeah, that's good golf, that is. I think there's a, another player that's going to step out this year. So, um, I think she'll be uh, a standout. And I think America needs needs a standout player. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I mean, a sister can play as well. But, you know, mm. I think he's, um, he, he, and it's good that you've got that rivalry. I think that's something that can fuel. And they're obviously equally as good. Um, mm. You know, a little bit like the, is it the Rasmus boys? Yeah. Um, you know, in Europe, they've got the sibling rivalry, which will fuel their desire to become successful. It's got them this far, and I think that will keep them going. I think it's really good that um, the LPGA has got, um, you know, sort of the, the quarter girls to be able to, um, you know, sort of bootstrap the, the American contingent. Because I think, you know, I'm not saying it's been overrun, they've, they've been outplayed by better golfers from around the globe. I mean, it is as simple as that. Um, you know, when you've got so many international players that are as good as they are, fair play to them. 
you know, go and play on the LPGA because if you're that good, you can contend. If you're that good, you kick everybody else off. You know, if the LPGA doesn't have an American contending to win a competition, you know, once in a while, what's the strength and power, you know, of the LPGA tour? That's always going to be the challenge. Um, They're going to have a hell of a Solheim Cup team, I'll say that this year. I, I don't see that the European Solheim Cup team is going to be that strong. Uh, it's, that's not to say that we haven't got some great players. And again, you know, a little bit like we had in Europe with the, the Ryder Cup, we didn't have the best players, but we had the strongest camaraderie. And, you know, it was that that created the team. Enough players playing as a team can help. But again, you know, remember the maximum of two, isn't it, in a team, you know, out on the golf course. You've got the blue or you've got the red, white and blue, you know, going on the boards. Um, you know, those, those things matter. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It could be good Solheim and Ryder Cup. And it's interesting. We've got Solheim and Ryder Cup in the same year. Um, and no talk about moving, um, you know, the Solheim, which, of course, they did, you know, to uh, so it didn't clash with the um, Ryder Cup when we had the 9-11 issues. You know, move the uh, the Ryder Cup. Is the Ryder Cup going to go back to being the following year? So we're going to have a one-year Ryder Cup. That'll be interesting. One, nobody's answered that one yet. Yeah, not yet. Andy, Andy's asked the question first. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. like Andy. Um, so yeah, you know, so that's it's it's interesting. And I think it's a uh, now we've got the season started. We're on a roll. Um, yeah, I'm, I will be watching a bit of the Desert Swing. Um, you know, this week. Back end of the week and into um, you know Sunday, maybe just sneak a little peek on Sunday. I do like that golf course at the Emirates, and again another golf course. Not played that one, I've had a little wonder around it. Um, couldn't get on it when I was out there last year, but great golf course. What mm. a super golf course! And again, the conditions—it's just you know. I mean, I played the par three course there, and the conditions out there were just incredible on a par three. You know, it's um, the academy course, just super. But, um, so uh yeah we're going to uh, wrap it up um remember gareth if you're feeling glum pop up the thumb and uh go and check out the videos guys because they are great to watch um you know we'll put the links in you know and everything below um thanks for being a great audience again we can't do it without you if you've got any questions or any topics that you'd like us to discuss over the next few weeks um you know then feel free to ask because you know we'll we'll mix it up um, we've got some great products that we're looking at this week. We have got the PGA merchandise show, which isn't a show in the way that we would have normally done it. So I'd have been jumping on a big bird at this point in time, exactly at this point in time. We'd have been on the taxi and on the runway uh, heading out to Orlando now. Um, but uh, unfortunately, because of the current restrictions, there is no show. Um, you know, so we've got a virtual show. It's going to be completely different. It's going to be great to see. So Gareth and I are going to be virtually seeing each other and looking at the merchandise later this week. I've got some great stuff that I'm really interested in and some webinars and the like. I'm going to be talking some product next week, um, you know, which will mix it up a little. So that's going to be good to go. And um, like I say, the, uh, uh, yeah, the diary is looking pretty busy. So not busy week. So uh, tune in next time. And, um, you know, I hope you've enjoyed it. Catch up with you soon.